2: The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Entercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors.
1: Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: All this time.
2: Me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host each and every week. He's the pastor at Brookside Baptist Church. Ken Keltner, pastor, how are you doing? I'm
3: doing great, Mike. Good to good to be with you today and look forward to visiting with Marcus. So you, it's going to be
2: good. Yeah, you bet. You know uh, being a being a basketball coach and a basketball fan for as many years as I have, I loved watching Number Eight play. Mm-hmm. I just did. I, I it's a shame that uh, uh, his number should be retired. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to start the start the conversation <laughs> with that because yeah. and if there's a bandwagon for that, I'm on it and I'll lead it. And I'm telling you, I loved watching him play not only in college but uh, when they picked him third in the draft that year. I was one of the really, really happy Bucks fans. Our guest today, uh former Milwaukee Buck and current TV voice for the Milwaukee Bucks, Marcus Johnson. Marcus, how are you today?
4: I'm doing great, man. If I was doing any better, they'd be two of me. I'd be twins.
2: I'd
4: be, twins. <laughs> I'd be <laughs> blessed and highly favored if we like to
2: say. Well, I'll tell you, we're we're uh, we feel very blessed to have you on today, Marcus, and and uh Look, we'll we'll start if we can with uh, with your basketball career. You know, I uh, I loved watching you play. I was a big fan of those Bucks teams and the success that you guys had uh, here in Milwaukee. When, when you look back at that time of your life, was that a good time uh, of your life uh, being here in Milwaukee as a Milwaukee Buck? Well,
4: that's a tough question. You know, you know, from a from a worldly standpoint, it was it was the the time of my life, and it was it was good. The first First uh, years here in Milwaukee, uh, coming from Los Angeles, it was a bit of a culture shock. The only point of reference I had back in those days, remember, it was 1977, so it was like, happy days in Laverne and Shirley, you know, kind of what the was <laughs> <call. laughs> and, and, and that's the honest to God truth man. I didn't really have a, a, a good grasp. I, I talked with Corrine, some out in Los Angeles, uh, the times that we were around each other, and and uh, he wasn't too high on Milwaukee. but. But I figured, you know, it was a big city, Um, uh, you know, what how different could it be? And then that first winter I was here, it was the coldest winter than uh, they'd had here in 20 years. The second year was more snow than they'd had in 30 years. So the first two winters (laughs) were were, were brutal. I'm telling you, they were brutal. And and, and at that point, I was wondering what I I got myself into. But uh, as time passed, the more people I got to know and... And the more teammates I was able to bond with, I had a great group group of guys that I was with, and that was a big big key.
2: Yeah, you you know you really did. The day that that trade came down, Marcus, I got to tell you, I, that was not a good day for me. I I just uh, I thought why? Well, I'm not quite sure why. You know Nelson's doing this, and he made this trade, and and I I didn't see it coming, and so as a fan, I, I was not uh, I was not happy. I was coaching. Um, basketball at that point, I've coached now for 34 years. I'm in my 34th year coaching. And so I followed the Bucks really close back then and uh, was not happy with that trade. I would assume, though, it wasn't bad for you to, to go back home, correct? Well, you know,
4: if it were the Lakers <laughs> as opposed to the Clippers, it would have been the perfect world in my mind at that time based on, on, on my finite kind of a um, uh, knowledge of, of of my life and, and what was going on at that point, I, you know, I thought that external things could, could fix me internally, and there was a lot of internal stuff going on. Uh, there was some uh, some issues that I was having having with uh, drugs and alcohol and substance abuse uh, that uh, I had tried to address a couple of years prior to that trade. I went through drug rehab in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and that didn't last. And uh, Don Nelson and the team they were aware of it so there's a lot of things going on that the that the fan base wasn't aware of and uh, I was thinking that a change of scenery to get back home would would, would be uh, the, 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 the the fix it for me the you know, the, big, the big fix and uh, so in my mind it was it was a good deal and now Don Nelson did warn me uh, before I left for Los Angeles I'd, I'd come to Milwaukee the trade was made uh, right at the start of training camp, I believe, I, I got into Milwaukee. The trade was made. And so I, I left for Los Angeles. Before I left, Don Nelson told me that, uh, look, you know, MJ, we're not sending you to the Lakers. This isn't, this isn't a situation where you've got Jerry Buss and Magic Johnson and everything is just, just uh, you know, honky dory You're going to the Clippers. And Donald Sterling is a different type of owner, and we just, you know, I just want you to know that, you know, he, is, uh, he could be a, a tough owner to play for. And again, my mind, oh, how tough can it be? You know, going out to the Clippers, chance to go to Los Angeles first year with the Clippers, moving from San Diego to Los Angeles, had good teammates in Norm Nixon and Derek Smith and James Donaldson and others. And, uh, and I thought it would just be a nice smooth transition. That wasn't the case. So that's kind of how that played out.
2: Well, I, I tell you the the Clippers now that's that wouldn't be a bad place to be rather than the Lakers. But I, I can tell you that that the love that the fan base had for you as a player, and and obviously we didn't know a lot of stuff that was going on behind the scenes, um, and personally for you at that point. But you know, there's still a lot of love for you as a basketball player here with uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks fan base. So when when you came back and agreed to to be the color analyst for the TV show, or the the, the TV games. It really, uh, I think it, it took some people by surprise, and it was really uh, well-received here in the Milwaukee community. And I just want to thank you for doing that. Are you having having fun doing that? The team is struggling a little bit. They're playing better as of as of late. But it's been a tough year for them. Yeah,
4: well, first, you know, when when I was approached, I was doing a radio show in Los Angeles on the CBS radio affiliate, uh, the Beast. The Beast 980 of all names. I wasn't crazy about the name, <laughs> uh, you know, to, to start off with the Beast 980. But, but I, I made the mistake of telling the program director and the uh, and the owner of the radio station that I was an early riser, which I am, and so they put me on the morning drive slot, and I had to get up at 3 a.m. I mean, I, I like to get up early, but not that early. Right? Right. I had, to get, I had to be at the studio by 4 a.m. Uh, we had a like a 5:30. Starts five thirty to nine a.m. every morning. So I did that for a solid year with Jeannie Zelasco, who did Major League Baseball with Kevin Kennedy, a very talented, talented lady, great lady Christian. Had a great time working with her. Um, uh, but 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 so that's that's where I was the year prior to the Bucks coming into the picture, and it came just kind of out of the blue, out of the clear blue, you know, just out of nowhere. That uh, Roy Hamilton, a good friend of mine, who I played with at UCLA, he's an executive at Fox. He's the guy that's responsible for me. Uh, having the success I've had as a broadcaster, Roy's always tell me, when, you know, as long as I have a job, you'll have a job. And so, uh, but he's the guy that came to me and said that, that there was some interest on the Bucks' part about me doing some 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 games. And I knew that John McLaughlin had been here for ever, worked with Bill Paschke. I knew they had been here forever. And and initially, I'm like, okay, I'll just go ahead and go through the motions just out of courtesy, but with no real intent to um, to, to to uproot and move out of Los Angeles. And when I came out to Milwaukee for the meetings and, and to work with Jim on kind of, kind of an audition situation uh, at, the, at, the, at the Bradley Center, I was staying at the Hyatt. And so I went across the street to a little breakfast spot right across the street from the Hyatt Hotel downtown. And uh, there was a gentleman in, the, in there uh, that, that got all excited and told me he had to go home and, and get his mother to come back and, and see that I was there in town because he hadn't seen me in 30 years. So that was one thing, and so so that was that was that was that was interesting. It's like okay, the people here still kind of remember me. We got to the I got to the Bradley Center. There was a bunch of workers cleaning up and and and, 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 and uh, sweeping up and, and whatnot, and uh, just one uh, one worker just just got real excited. It was like MJ man, welcome back home, baby, welcome back home. And then the other workers recognized me. And they started saying similar You know, it, it was just and that's when it first kind of hit me. You know that that the people here. You know, I just, for whatever reason, uh, appreciated how I played the game while I was here, for whatever reason. I don't know what the reason was because I'm looking at kind of the, the, the dark side of, of, of some of the stuff that I was doing at that point in time. That's how, that's how you kind of leave it like everybody knows. But 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 from from what I was able to, uh, to get from the people here on that first trip back, it was like a, just the warmest reception, and it just blew me away. And that's when it kind of first resonated with me that maybe this was not such a bad situation not, not even a bad situation, but maybe this is a great situation that I need to look at a little bit differently and really be open to and just let, and just see how, how the Lord was going to lead me. If it was going to work out, it was going to work out. There was other guys who auditioned for the, for the for the spot, other guys that they brought in for meetings, other guys who played for the Bucks, who were younger, uh, very well-spoken. So my thought process at that point, well, if it's meant to be, then they'll, they'll give me a call back and and this thing will move forward. If it's not, I'll continue to do radio. And uh, fortunately, it, it did uh, work out. I had a great audition with Jim. You know, it's funny because he he had on a he had on a suit and tie, and I came out kind of casually dressed, not really, not really thinking about everything that was going to be involved. And so that to me, you know, I, I sat down next to him, and it was a hot summer day in my casual my casual printed shirt, and you know, feeling a little self-conscious because I didn't have on a sport coat. So Jim took off his coat and just did his thing in his shirt and tie it, as opposed to wearing a coat. And so little things like that worked out. We had a great, great uh audition together and it just, it just clicked. The chemistry was was uh, was wonderful and uh and, and things started falling into place. So I am really, really feeling like this was, you know, God's intent for me to come back full full circle thirty years later, back to where it all started. And it gives me a chance to to just to do things differently this time around.
2: We're talking to Marcus Johnson uh for, former Milwaukee Buck, current TV voice uh for the Bucks Marcus you made a comment there that said you know I I don't know for some reason you know these people still remember me I'll tell you why because it's for, it's the reason that, that that I loved watching you play because you worked really hard on the floor and and you didn't care a lot about at least it 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 looked like from from the stands didn't care a lot about personal numbers you just wanted to win basketball games and here in the city of Milwaukee if if you know, if you're a guy that they think can carry a lunch pail, you know, that kind of guy that's going to go down, set picks, rebound, and can score the ball when 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 uh, when needed, uh, they're going to fall in love with you, and they certainly did uh, over your career. Guys, let's get to a quick break. Other side of the break, Marcus, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, your faith and how it's affected your life professionally and personally. Again, we're talking to Marcus Johnson, former Milwaukee Buck. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM the fan.
1: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Sorens Ford of Brookfield. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: All this time, all this time you covered me.
2: back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. We are joined by Marcus Johnson, former Milwaukee Buck and current TV voice for the Milwaukee Bucks. Boy, that's a really powerful testimony, mm-hmm. uh, Pastor. And, and, and again, uh, you know, we, we talk about this that on this show. We've, the, we've had a number of guys, the worst thing they've done is steal a candy bar and then we've had guys like Marcus and Daryl Struber and myself and some other guys. Randy Grimes comes to to, to mm-hmm. mind, yeah. uh, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Um, that you know what the the Lord gets our attention, man. He gets our attention. And when Marcus said, "Look, I, I, I,", I the relationship that I have um, now with Jesus Christ, I I wasn't sure I could get it back. I wasn't sure I was still holding my hand, but he was, and and that's that's what just for me personally that just still to this day shocks me with as much stuff as some of us have done in our life. The fact that that when we're on our knees and we're willing to turn it over and have that relationship and say, look, I I can't do this on my own anymore, Lord, that he's right there for us. I
3: mean, his invitation uh, is always open to anyone who can come to Jesus and say, I need you to come into my life and save me. And uh, I, I loved it how Marcus was sharing that because you know, I mean, is that invitation still open for me, you know, after everything I've known and learned and then everything I've done to, to turn and, and run away from that? God's invitation is always open. I, you know, I mean, John 3, 16 is one of the greatest verses. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And, and uh, I love it. I, I, and I love hearing testimonies like Marcus that God, you know, uh, God didn't give up on him. He, he kept bringing people like John Wooden, Coach Wooden in his life. Lorenzo Romar. Lorenzo, yeah. yeah. And uh, then yeah. all of a sudden to see, you know, his his eyes and his heart open and say, I'm tired of trying to do it myself. I haven't found
2: that happiness and I want Christ. Hey, Marcus, do you find it, don't, don't you find, at least in my life, don't you just find it easier to live this life? I mean, it's, 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 it's more, you know, people, I I think when I stopped drinking and, and, you know, people were like, well, you're not going to be any fun anymore. And I thought, wow, you got to be kidding me. I, I think I'm way more fun now. I'm clear minded. I wake up every morning feeling good. And, you know, I praise the Lord and thank the Lord for that. And I, and I think that as I look around and see some of the guys that I used to hang out with that are still doing the same stuff. I think, man, come on, let me help you because there's a way better way.
4: You're yeah, absolutely right, man. It's it's it, it, it's easier. Um, it, it's being more productive. It, it's a, it's a lot. It's all it's all the good stuff. It's All the good stuff uh, that other life, trying to just double life like this Jekyll and Hyde lifestyle that I was leading. Him. But that takes that's a lot of work. That's a lot of hard work it is. to fool people, and then all of a sudden, the dark side starts bleeding over into you know, into the, the, the fake life that you're leading and trying to pretend that you're a Christian and you're upstanding and all that. The, the other thing, uh, the other point in terms of, of, of kind of how God has worked in my life, um, there's a church in my neighborhood where I grew up, Angeles Major Presbyterian Church, and I, I went there a couple of times, and it was a real real boring kind of a service Presbyterian. I grew up in a Baptist church, and, and, and but they had a great basketball court. So I would go there and play basketball every day uh, and, and, uh, what happened was that I was, uh, lifting weights in this health club near my home, and I met this guy named Tim Cyrus, and Tim Cyrus happens to be the pastor of this Presbyterian church. So he kept asking me to come by, come by, so finally I did one Easter Sunday about six or seven years ago, and to make a long story short, now I'm an ordained elder in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and, uh, so it's just, it's just funny how things work out is my point. I mean, you know, you, you, you tell God what your plans are, he you, you may, you may laugh at you because he may have something totally different in store for you. And, uh, and and Tim Cyrus, when he asked me to be an elder about five, about three years ago, uh, he, you know, I was like, come on, man. I, you know, I just, I just want to go to church, enjoy the service, and, and enjoy, you, enjoy your word. You know, so he's like, well, ask your mother. I was like, come on, Tim. You know I can't ask my mother. If I ask my <laughs> mother, she know what she's going to say. Yeah. She's going to tell me to do it. Anyway, we we laughed about it, but it's been one of the greatest moves of my life. I get a chance to impact the, the, the lives of, of youth in the area where I grew up. and it, It's just funny to me that I would never in a million years have pictured myself not only going to this Presbyterian church as as, as being raised as a Baptist, but uh, being an ordained elder in a Presbyterian church. So it, it's amazing how God—it's one of the miracles of, of God.
2: You know? hey, hey, Marcus, your family, you've got—do uh, you have five sons? Yes. Yeah. Yes. When, when when this when this started this this transition to to who you are now um how was that uh, your family how did they accept that did they look at you and think okay maybe we've heard this before or have they just fully embraced uh, who you are now
4: they have fully embraced it i mean they, they love it i mean my my second son Josiah who will uh, have a animated uh, animated cartoon series called Legends debuting at the end of summer on uh, Comedy Central. But, but he went to UCLA, played at UCLA. He kind of, kind of bore the brunt of uh, of a lot of the stuff in terms of, of, of issues going on when I was uh, having the substance abuse issues back when he was young. When, when he was a youngster. But, I mean, one day he just he just came to me and said that uh, that he just loved the change in me. And I said, what are you talking about? You know, when well, you just you when know, you when, when you say you're gonna be somewhere, gonna do something, you, you follow through. Now, <laughs> you know. Yeah, sure. I never thought about that, but but I would always tell them, yeah, I'll come get you. I'm gonna you know, me and his mom divorced, and so I'm gonna pick you up, or I'm gonna we're gonna do this together, do that together, just to just to placate them uh, for the moment." But but and had every intent to do it. And uh, there's, a, there's a wise writing that says that, that you know I, I judge myself by my intentions, while the world judges me by my actions. Right. I, I intended you know, to do all these good things, but because of the issues I was dealing with, I was just never never able to follow through. And this new relationship with God and sobriety and the whole, the whole ball of wax allows me to, to be, a, be a man of my word, to be able to follow through with what I say I'm going to do today. And, and that, to me, is um, just a great way to live.
3: Yeah, and Marcus, it sounds like you're probably able to really talk to folks that are searching for answers out there, and you can, you're probably sharing with them, hey, I know exactly what you're going through. I went through that. But I can point you to the one who can uh, take care of that problem and set your feet on the on the truth of His Word. Uh, well, the Bible said that
4: Jesus was tempted at every point, right? Yeah. I mean, so I mean, and, and that's kind of the example that the Lord has given us that that we can overcome uh, the temptation, overcome sin. Over, you know, with that 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 it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. But there, there's there's something about the power of uh, the blood of Jesus that
3: absolutely that
4: allows me to, to go ahead and walk through this stuff and, uh, and 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 have that as an example. Have Him. And they use the Lord as an example of how to
2: get through some of these tough times. Hey, Marcus, uh, your sons, some of them awfully, awfully good basketball players, correct? They followed you and played at UCLA. And how were you as a parent um, sitting in the stands watching these boys play? Terrible. I mean I was just like <laughs> hey hey Marcus hey, thank you for that because I'm getting ready to head out hey, to Pennsylvania to watch the conference hey, t- uh, tournament and I'm going to be sitting in the stands you know hey I yeah. I know yeah. I know it's hard when you're you know you're a guy and somebody else is coaching your sons I know exactly how that feels cuz Pastor Ken you know I coached his four boys and Man, oh man, he uh, he was tough on me, Marcus. You should feel sorry I, for I, I me. I was
3: I was tough on them, Mike. I was tough on them. <laughs> yeah. you, Mike used to yeah. always say to me, "Hey, your son played phenomenal. Don't
2: say one thing. Don't, you know, he, again, man, they and, would. The, the one kid would have thirty and ten and seven assists, and he'd say, say should have had ten assists.'
4: <laughs> I said, right.
2: he almost had that, a triple double.' Be quiet.
4: <laughs> that's how we do. It. That's how we do. It. I, you know, my, my best friend. Ed Waters coaches the, yeah. the. We've been best friends yeah. since the seventh grade. He finally got the job at Crenshaw High School where I played, where he played, where a great coach Willie West. But he coached two of my sons, Joshua and Mariah. And uh, this was probably seven or eight years ago that he coached them. And we just got into the point maybe three years ago where we we're talking again. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did not like, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, you
3: know, it's hard. I got to ask, though, when you guys get out on the driveway, so you got five boys and yourself, so that's three on three. I mean, when you get out there, I bet that's some games out there in the driveway, isn't it?
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, my youngest is 16. He's a sophomore out in Los Angeles. He's about 6'5", real athletic. So he's the one that I'm dealing with now. And uh, it's just fun watching him get to that point now where, uh, you know when he was 12 thirteen I could kind of bully him down lower <laughs> he's, he's dunking he's dunking and blocking my shots and just got just kind of looking at me kind of smirking a little bit oh, yeah so like wipe that wipe that smirk off your face you know?
2: uh, Oh yeah, but, yeah. I, I, absolutely I, would, I hear that you better take some of those old game tapes. Of you at number eight running up and down the Milwaukee Arena and say, okay, young man, this is what I used to be. I could still maybe yeah. get to a little part of that, but understand you're a long way from that. But
4: hey, you know I've done that, you know I've done that already. So, yeah.
2: Good. Because <laughs> if not, you have him call me because I remember a number of those games. I can let let the young man know exactly what kind of player Marcus Johnson was when, when, when he, he was here in Milwaukee. You know, Mar- Marcus, you're, you're uh, your father. Would be so proud of you right now he would just be so proud of the man that you've become
4: I appreciate that man thank you i think about him yeah. thinking about him every day and uh yeah, I'm, yeah yeah and uh i appreciate that thank you for saying
3: that hey marcus when we had uh, uh mark jackson on one of the questions we asked him was if he could beat Stephon curry and horse and he said uh-huh. absolutely in my mind i can beat <laughs> Stephon curry and horse so if, if i can do it in my mind then I don't need to worry about doing it out on the court. And he said, "And he said, I'll
2: never." He keeps asking me, "I'll never play him." Cause still in my mind, I yeah, so, can beat him.
3: And my boys always say, "Dad, here, let me give you this banner. It
2: says the older I get, the better I was.'" Yeah, that's, yeah. there's no right. doubt. Hey, uh, Marcus, last question. We'll, we'll, we'll cut you loose. Do you stay in contact with any of the guys that uh, you played here in Milwaukee with? Yeah, uh,
4: as I mentioned, Lorenzo Romar and I uh, stay in contact. Uh, my son actually went to his basketball camp uh, at the University of Washington last summer. Uh, Junior Bridgman is another guy that yeah. I've been in contact with. Sidney Moncrief does a lot of work with the Bucs uh, in terms of uh, community service outreach, and uh, we've been able to reconnect this season. Bob Lanier. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys. It was a special group of young players. Uh, then we added Bob Lanier, but we all came in together in our first, second, third years and just kind of grew up together. And so uh, there's always going to be that that kind of brotherhood, that kind of bond, and I love those guys. And and um, I had a chance to do, to, just do it, to go to Junior's uh, surprise 60th birthday party a couple of years ago in Louisville. And so it's yeah. always those kinds of things that uh, keep us together.
3: Yeah, and you you'd set off the air, Paul Pressey. You you just seen Paul even so, uh, uh
4: Paul, Lloyd Walton, uh, his yeah, Chicago doing great things. He, he's another guy that they just they just. Uh, just got his PhD. He's Doctor Lloyd Walton now. Wow! Uh, and a uh, former Marquette Warrior. So, yeah. and you know, we we used to hang out a bit here in Milwaukee together back in the day, along with Charles Money Green, the pastor <laughs> yeah. that I was yeah. uh, that yeah. I was talking about. And to see these guys grow up and mature, and then Lloyd is a man of faith, believes in the Lord, walking with the Lord for a number of years. So, it, it's just amazing to see the transformation in, in all our lives. Really, mm. it's, it's a beautiful thing.
3: Yeah, you know, we're coming up here to March Madness, and uh, you think back on those Bruin teams. I mean, how many how many national titles did you guys win?
4: When I was there, it was only one. We oh, we uh, we won uh, John Wooden, but it was a, it was a big one. It was Coach Wooden's final championship, his tenth uh, championship in twelve years in nineteen seventy-five. Wow. We should have won the year before. We had Bill Walton and Jamal Wilson and just this great great team the year before. We were we were upset by David Thompson and North Carolina yeah, State.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.
4: Uh, in seventy-four, and then a team that didn't quite have the the, the level of talent, but had a, a much higher level of commitment that nineteen seventy five team my sophomore year we went on to win and won a championship
2: yeah you know in seventy seven it was the Marquette warriors yeah mm-hmm. that was yeah. uh al McGuire. and yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, man that that team I, I I liked watching this city went crazy when they won that national championship i, I Man, it was incredible. And then to watch the Badgers last year get, get so close and, and, and not get that, but to get to that game was, was such a big deal. So, hey, do you, last question. Do you still follow UCLA basketball? Are you a Steve Alford fan?
4: I like Steve. You know, he's uh, had a tough year this year. I was at a game. I was the uh, honorary captain uh, last week, last Thursday. They played against Utah. So I had a chance to, uh, to watch him and to spend some time uh, out at UCLA. And they haven't watched a lot of games because of the, uh, the commitment with the Milwaukee Bucks. But uh, he's got a great recruiting class coming in uh, next year and the year after that. So he's doing the right things, and I think, given time, uh, he's going to continue to have success. He's been to two sweet in a row. You bet. This is the down year down year this year. Well, and, uh, and you know the fan, fans at UCLA. We've got, uh, you know, we keep the pressure on coaches. We've got high expectations out there.
2: Well, if Kayvon Looney would have stuck around another year, he's a Milwaukee guy. Um, you right. know, that would have helped, but uh, being a one and out, that's tough. Guys, we got to get to a break. Marcus, thank you so much for your time. Uh, keep yeah. up the good work. Keep utilizing the platform that the Lord has given you. And uh, we just really appreciate your time today.
4: All right. I appreciate you guys giving me this opportunity, man. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Marcus. You bet. Uh, again, that's Marcus Johnson, former Milwaukee Buck, current TV voice for the Milwaukee Bucks. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057 FM. Back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. We are joined by Marcus Johnson, former Milwaukee Buck and current TV voice for the Milwaukee Bucks. But that's a really powerful testimony, mm-hmm. uh, Pastor. And 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 again, uh, you know, we we talk about this that on this show. we we've, we've had a number of guys. The worst thing they've done is steal a candy bar. And then we've had guys like Marcus and Daryl Struber and myself and some other guys. Randy Grimes comes to, to, to mm, mind, yeah. uh, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Um, that you know what the the Lord gets our attention, man. He gets our attention. And when Marcus said, "Look, I, I, I,", I the relationship that I have um, now with Jesus Christ, I, I wasn't sure I could get it back. I wasn't sure I was still holding my hand, but he was, and and that's that's what just for me personally that just still to this day shocks me with as much stuff as some of us have done in our life. The fact that that when we're on our knees and we're willing to turn it over and have that relationship and say, look, I, I can't do this on my own anymore, Lord, that he's right there for us. I mean, his invitation uh, is always open to
3: anyone who can come to Jesus and say, I need you to come into my life and save me. And uh, that, I, I loved it how Marcus was sharing that because you know, I mean, is that invitation still open for me, you know, after everything I've known and learned and then everything I've done to, to turn and, and run away from that? God's invitation is always open. I, you know, I mean, John three yeah. sixteen is one of the greatest verses. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And, and uh, I love it. I, I, and I love hearing testimonies like Marcus that God you know, uh, God didn't give up on him. He, he kept bringing people like John Wooden, Coach Wooden in his life. Lorenzo and Romar. Lorenzo, yeah. yeah. And uh, then yeah. all of a sudden to see, you know, his his eyes and his heart open and say, I'm tired of trying to do it myself. I haven't found that happiness and I want Christ. Hey,
2: Marcus, do you find it, don't, don't you find, at least in my life, don't you just find it easier to live this life? I mean, it's, 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 it's more, you know, people, I I think when I stopped drinking and, and, you know, people were like, well, you're not going to be any fun anymore. And I thought, wow, you got to be kidding me. I, I think I'm way more fun now. I'm clear minded. I wake up every morning feeling good. And, you know, I praise the Lord and thank the Lord for that. And I, and I think that as I look around and see some of the guys that I used to hang out with that are still doing the same stuff. I think, man, come on, let me help you because there's a way better way.
4: You're yeah, absolutely right, man. It's it's it, it, it's easier. Um, it, it's being more productive. It, it's a, it's a lot. It's all it's all the good stuff. It's all the good stuff uh, that other life, trying this double life, like this Jekyll and High lifestyle that I was leading. And but that takes that's a lot of work. That's a lot of hard work. It is to fool people, and then all of a sudden, the dark side starts bleeding over into. You know, into the, the the fake life that you're leading, and trying to pretend that you're a Christian and you're upstanding and all that. The, the other thing, uh, the other point in terms of, of, of kind of how God has worked in my life, um, there's a church in my neighborhood where I grew up, Angeles Major Presbyterian Church, and I, I went there a couple of times, and it was a real, real boring kind of a service. Presbyterian. I grew up in the Baptist church, and 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 but they had a great basketball court. So I would go there and play basketball every day. Uh, and and, uh, what happened was that I was uh, lifting weights in this health club near my home, and I met this guy named Tim Cyrus, and Tim Cyrus happens to be the pastor of this Presbyterian church. So he kept asking me to come by, come by, so finally I did one Easter Sunday about six or seven years ago, and to make a long story short, now I'm an ordained elder in this Presbyterian church, <laughs> mm. <laughs> and, uh, so it's just it's just funny how things work out. Is my point. I mean, you know, you you, you tell God what your plans are. You you may, you may laugh at you because He may have something totally different in store for you. And mm. uh, and and Tim Cyrus, and when he asked me to be an elder about five about three years ago, uh, he, you know, I was like, "Come on, man! I, you know, I just I just want to go to church, enjoy the service, and and enjoy you enjoy your word." You know, so he's like, "Well, ask your mother." I was like, come on, Tim, you know I can't ask my mother. If I ask my mother, you know what she's going to say. Yeah. She's going to tell me to do it. So anyway, we, we laughed about it, but it's been one of the greatest moves of my life. I get a chance to impact the the, the lives of, of youth in the area where I grew up, and it, it's just funny to me that I would never in a million years have pictured myself not only going to this Presbyterian church as, as, as being raised as a Baptist, but uh, being an ordained elder in a Presbyterian church, so... It's amazing how God, it's one of the miracles of God.
2: Hey, hey Marcus, your family, you've got, uh, do you have five sons? Yes. When this this started, this this transition to to who you are now, um, how was that, your family, how did they accept that? Did they look at you and think, okay, maybe we've heard this before, or have they just fully embraced uh, who you are now?
4: They fully embrace it. I mean, they, they love it. I mean, my, my second son Josiah, who will uh, have an animated uh, animated cartoon series called Legends debuting at the end of summer on uh, Comedy Central. But but he went to UCLA, played at UCLA. He kind of kind of bore the brunt of uh, of a lot of the stuff in terms of of, of issues going on when I was uh, having the substance abuse issues back when he was young when, when he was a youngster. But I mean, one day he just he just came to me and said that uh, that he just loved the change in me, and I said, "What are you talking about?" He said, well, you just, you know, "When you just when you when you say you're gonna be somewhere, you're gonna do something, you you follow through." Now, <laughs> you know, yeah, sure. and I never thought about that, but but I would always tell them, yeah, I'll come get you. I'm gonna you know, me and his mom divorced, and so I'm gonna pick you up, or I'm going we're gonna do this together, do that together, just to just to placate them uh, for the moment, but but and had every intent. To do it, and uh, there's a wise writing that says that, that you know I, I judge myself by my intentions, while the world judges me by my actions. Right. I, I intended, you know, to do all these good things, but because of the issues I was dealing with, I was just never never able to follow through. And this new relationship with with God and sobriety and the whole the whole ball of wax allows me to to be a be a man of my word, to be able to follow through with what I say I'm going to do today. And and that to me. Is um, just a great way to
3: live. Yeah, and Marcus, it sounds like you're probably able to really talk to folks that are searching for answers out there, and you can. You're probably sharing with them, "Hey, I know exactly what you're going through. I went through that, but I can point you to the one who can uh, take care of that problem and set your feet on the on the truth of His Word." Um, well, the Bible
4: said that Jesus was tempted at every point, right? Yeah. I mean, so I mean, and, and that's kind of the example that the Lord has given us that that we can overcome. Uh, temptation overcomes sin over, you know, with that 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 it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. But there, there, there's, there's something about the power of, uh, of the blood of Jesus that, that allows me to, to go ahead and walk through this stuff and, uh, and, and 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 have that as an example, have him and to use the Lord as an example of how to get through some of these tough times.
2: Hey, Marcus, uh, your sons, some of them awfully, awfully good basketball players, correct? They followed you and played at UCLA. And how, how were you as a parent— um sitting in the stands watching these boys play
4: terrible i mean i was just like hey hey
2: marcus thank you for that because i'm getting ready to head
3: out (laughs) to pennsylvania to watch the conference (laughs) uh, tournament and i'm going to be sitting in the stands you know
2: hey i i know i know it's hard when you're you know you're a guy and somebody else is coaching your sons i know exactly how that feels because pastor ken you know i coached his four boys and Man, oh man, he uh, he was tough on me, Marcus. You should feel sorry I, I, for I, I me. I was
3: I was tough on them, Mike. I was tough
2: on them. <laughs> yeah. you, Mike used to yeah. always say to me,
3: "Hey, your son played phenomenal. Don't say one thing, Don't, you know." He, again, man, they and, would,
2: the, the one kid would have thirty and ten yeah. and seven assists, and he'd say, "Should have had ten assists."
4: <laughs> <laughs> I say, right. "Man,
2: he almost had that, a triple double." Be quiet.
4: That's how we do. It. That's how we do. It. I, you know, my, my best friend. Ed Waters coaches the yeah. – we've been best friends yeah. since the seventh grade. He finally got the job at Critchell High School where I played, where he played, where a great coach, Willie West. But he coached two of my sons, Joshua and Mariah. And uh, this was probably seven or eight years ago that he coached them. And we've just gotten to the point maybe three years ago where we are talking again. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. you know, I did not like <laughs> – you know, them, you, know, you know,
3: it's hard. I, yeah, yeah. I, I got to ask, though, when you guys get out on the driveway, so you got five boys and yourself, so that's three on three. I mean, when you get out there, I bet that's some games out there in the driveway, isn't it?
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, my youngest is 16. He's a sophomore out in Los Angeles. So he's about 6'5", five, real athletic. So he's the one that I'm dealing with now. And, and uh, it, it it's just fun watching him get to that point now where, uh, you know, when he was 12, 13, I could kind of bully him down low. <laughs> but now he's, he's dunking, he's dunking and blocking my shots, and just, got, just kind of looking at me, kind of smirking a little bit. Oh yeah, so I'm like wipe that, wipe that smirk off your face. You know?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, absolutely. I, Would, I hear that. You better take some of those old game tapes of you at number eight running up and down the Milwaukee arena and say, okay, young man, this is what I used to be. I could still maybe get to a little part of that, but understand you're a long way from that. Hey, You know
4: I've done that that already.
2: Good. (laughs) Because if not, you have him call me, because I remember a number of those games. I can let let the young man know exactly what kind of player Marcus Johnson was when when, when he he was here in Milwaukee. You know, Uh, Marcus, uh, your father would be so proud of you right now. He would just be so proud of the man that you've become.
4: I appreciate that, man. Thank you. I think about him yeah. think about him every day. And, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I appreciate that. Thank you for saying
3: that. Hey, Marcus, when we had uh, uh, Mark Jackson on, one of the questions we asked him was if he could beat Stephon Curry and horse. And he said, uh-huh. absolutely. In my mind, I can beat <laughs> Stephon Curry and horse. So if, if I can do it in my mind, then I don't need to worry about doing it out on the court. And he said, "And he said, I'll never.
2: He keeps asking me, I'll never play him. still in my mind. Yeah, I can still, beat him.
3: And my, my boys always say, Dad, here, let me give you this banner. It says the older I get, the better I was. Yeah, that's, yeah.
2: There's no right. doubt. Hey, uh, Marcus, last question. We'll, we'll, we'll cut you loose. Do you stay in contact with any of the guys that uh, you played here in Milwaukee with? Yeah, uh,
4: as I mentioned, Lorenzo Romar and I uh, stay in contact. Uh, my son actually went to his basketball camp uh, at the University of Washington last summer. Uh, Junior Bridgman is another guy that yeah. I've been in contact with. Sidney Moncrief does a lot of work with the Bucs uh, in terms of uh, community service outreach, and uh, we've been able to reconnect this season. Bob Lanier. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys. It was a special group of young players. Uh, then we added Bob Lanier, but we all came in together in our first, second, third years and just kind of grew up together. And so, uh, there's always going to be that that kind of brotherhood, that kind of bond, and I love those guys. And and um, I had a chance to do, to, just it, to go to juniors' uh, surprise 60th birthday party a couple of years ago in Louisville, and so it's yeah. always those kinds of things that uh, keep us together.
3: Yeah, and you you'd set off the air, Paul Pressey. You you just seen Paul even so. Uh, uh,
4: Paul, Lloyd Walton. Chicago uh, yeah. doing great things. He he's another guy that they just he just. Uh, Just got his PhD. He's Doctor Lloyd Walton now. Wow! uh, And full former Marquette Warrior. So, and you know, we we used to hang out a bit here in Milwaukee together back in the day, along with Charles Money Green, the pastor (laughs) that I was uh, that I was talking about. And to see these guys grow up and mature, and Lloyd is a man of faith, believes in the Lord, been walking with the Lord for a number of years. So, it's it's just amazing to see the transformation in in all our lives. Really, Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing.
3: Yeah, you know, we're coming up here to March Madness, and uh, you think back on those Bruin teams. I mean, how many how many national titles did you guys win?
4: When I was there. It was only one. We oh, we uh, we won uh, John Wooden. But it was, it was it was a big one. It was Coach Wooden's final championship. His tenth uh, championship in twelve years in nineteen seventy five. Wow. We should have won the year before. We had Bill Walton and Jamal Wilson and just this great great team the year before. We were we were upset by David Thompson and North Carolina yeah. State.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh-huh. Uh
4: In seventy four, and then a team that didn't quite have the the, the level of talent, but had a, a much higher level of commitment. That 1975 team, my sophomore year, we went all the way and won a championship.
2: Yeah. You know, in 77, it was the Marquette Warriors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. Uh, Al McGuire and, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, man, that that team I, I, I liked watching. This city went crazy when they won that national championship. I, I, Man, it was incredible. And then to watch the Badgers last year get, get so close and, and and not get that. But to get to that game was, was such a big deal. So, hey, do you, last question. Do you still follow UCLA basketball? Are you a Steve Alford fan?
4: I like Steve. You know, he's uh, had a tough year this year. I was at a game. I was the uh, honorary captain uh, last week, last Thursday. They played against Utah. So I had a chance to, uh, to watch him and to spend some time uh, out of UCLA. And they haven't watched a lot of games because of the, uh, the commitment with the Milwaukee Bucks. But uh, he's got a great recruiting class coming in uh, next year and the year after that. So he's doing the right things. And I think given time, uh, he's going to continue to have success. He's been in two sweet 16s in
2: a row. You bet. This is the down year,
4: down year this year. Well, and, uh, and, you know, the fan, fans at UCLA, we've got, uh, you know, we keep the pressure on coaches. We've got high expectations out there.
2: Well, if Kayvon Looney would have stuck around another year, he's a Milwaukee guy. Um, you right. know, that would have helped, but uh, being a one and out, that's tough. Guys, we got to get to a break. Marcus, thank you so much for your time. Uh, keep yeah. up the good work. Keep utilizing the platform that the Lord has given you. And uh, we just really appreciate your time today.
4: All right. I appreciate yeah. you guys giving me this opportunity, man. Thank you so much. Yeah.
2: Thank you, Marcus. You bet. Uh, again, that's Marcus Johnson, former Milwaukee Buck, current TV voice for the Milwaukee Bucks. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan.
1: Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by fellow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: All this, time, all this time, you covered me.
2: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057FM The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church, Marcus Johnson. I'm sure that was very, very he, enjoyable. We should have asked him if he can still rebound and play defense and pass the ball a little bit. <laughs> see, if he, see if he can find us in the corners. <laughs> yeah, if we could get this old guy three-on-three tournament going and, and uh, he so, could be so, our partner.
3: Yeah, somebody's going to think that uh, we, we rigged that team, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> he could, you
2: know, we'd need a fourth, so if he could bring Junior Bridgman, <laughs> Sidney Moncrief, Bob Lanier, one of those boys. Yeah, <laughs> we, we'd be all right. We would be just fine. Lorenzo Romar, I've seen him. He can. I'm sure he can still play yeah. you know his uh his testimony for me pastor was very powerful mm-hmm. and to to be able to 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 be able to come on a station like this willing to come on a station like this and say hey look even back when i was with the bucks there were some dark times there were some mm-hmm. things that maybe you guys didn't know i was going through and i was able to to, to go out in public and put one face on and, and then go, you know, in the dark and, and, and do the stuff that I was doing. For him to, to say that, I, I think is really powerful and say, look, this is the way that I got out of it. Um, I think that there's people that are listening that are going to say, look, if he could have, if he can do it, you know, let me see if I can't do it. And I think his words are going to ring out to a lot of listeners this
3: week. Mm, transparent testimony. I mean, uh, this is what I was, but now this is who I am. And... Uh... Just powerful how how Christ I mean the the Lord's changed us Mike yes. I mean there's so, no doubt so I mean the ones the, the folks that we've had on the broadcast um, and, and I mean there's so many out there I mean we haven't even touched the surface of whether it be athletes or just your blue collar working people who have made that they, they they had to have a journey of faith begin too sure. with Jesus Christ and it was it were these it was these people that God brought into His life I mean. I loved hearing about what he said about John Wooden, that Coach Wooden, a great man of faith, loved the Lord, but he didn't try to cram it down my throat. Right. He lived it, and he said that was part of the seed that God was putting there, you know, from my parents to John Wooden to Lorenzo to to others that were, they were walking the walk. I mean, they weren't just talking the talk. They were, you know, they, they, they were walking, realizing my walk is talking a little bit louder than my
2: talk talks. You know the music that we play, the theme music of, of Faith in the Zone, is is Good Seed Project by Pastor Marlon Locke, and in that song, um, and I use it when I go out and speak. Is is the line, um, you know, I'm not the man that I want to be, but I thank God I'm not the man I used to be, and and I think that Marcus Johnson would would uh, would utilize that line as well because I you can just tell in his voice how happy he is right now, and when I talked about. You know, your father'd be so proud of you right now. He he would be. He'd be so happy that Marcus has become the man that that uh, that he had hoped for and prayed for. I'm sure. And uh, took you know it takes some of us a little bit longer to get to that point than it does others. But thank goodness that uh, that Marcus has gotten there.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I look forward to him being in the Milwaukee area and how he's gonna. I mean, God's given him a platform, and he can. As you, I, I like how you like to say it. Shout from the Get up on the mountaintop, baby. Uh, get up baby. on the mountaintop, shout it out, and that he was going to let people know, hey, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. You can't get to God any other way through him.
2: I love the fact that he, 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 he got in uh, some spats with his best friend when they coached his son because... I don't know that we got in a lot of spats. Well, I, mean, I talked I... a lot behind your back. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, I did not. Molly kid, Pastor, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. It's good to see you. Yeah, I'm gonna head out. I'm gonna head Safe out. Safe travels. Go. Yeah,
3: thank you. I appreciate tell, it. Tell go. Kurt.
2: Tell Kurt. Good luck. Give him a hug. Tell him I yeah. love him. Yeah. Tell him to to not foul the guy on the three yeah, point you line. Tell him <laughs> to, just play hard. Strong with the ball. Knock down shots. Thanks for listening to this. His faith in the zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM.
0: was it really amazing grace now i know for certain lord it was you that rescued me
2: t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours